You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. with Horns 247, and this week I'm sitting down with Matt Stepp of Dave Campbell's Texas Football. As Dave Campbell's Texas Football Insider, Stepp is responsible for breaking most of the major news within Texas high school football. He also travels the state and hits every corner yearly as he sees more games than anybody in the country. Stepp talks about his path to his career, some of the best players and games he's seen, and some of the best food and stadium combinations you can find on a Texas high school football weekend. So without further ado, please enjoy this conversation with Matt Stepp of Dave Campbell's Texas Football. All right, joining me on this week's episode of Open Mic, it is Dave Campbell's Texas Football Insider, uh, the man to know for news in Texas high school football, creator of the Step Bomb, and uh, one of my favorite guys to be stuck in a press box with. It is the great Matt Stepp. Matt, thanks for joining me today. Mike, always a pleasure. It's always uh, fun to talk, talk shop and talk ball with you. <laughs> it's been a while, so we, it's good to catch up with you. Yeah, you know, I was probably – I think I was looking forward to probably catching up with you at like some seven-on-seven seven state qualifiers or maybe out at some spring football or something. But alas, that, that was not to be this year. Yeah, it kind of sucks. I'm not going to lie. It kind of sucks. But, you know, it is what it is. And uh, we just keep trucking forward and, and hope – you know, like I told Tepper on uh, Tep and Step – you know, if it mean, if having real football in the fall means sacrificing our summer fun, then hey, you know, we got to do what we got to do. So I'm, I'm I'm here for it. Absolutely, and I think we'll make up time. Um, I plan to be at coaching school this year, so I was glad to see that All they're right. still. I was glad to see they're still playing to have coaching school. We can make up for for some lost time there for sure. You are you are welcome at the Dave Campbell's uh, booth at coaching school to hang out with us, and and you may actually at one point see me in actual suit and tie, which will be a, a, a big change. <laughs> did yeah. you did you lose a bet? No, I, I you know I have to go to an award banquet. I, I was given an award. Oh, that's um, right. And I have to go, you know. I can't show up at a banquet in a ball cap backwards and a t-shirt and my wife would murder me. So um, I have to dress up for the banquet at least. Yeah, I understand that. We're going to get to see you sans hat. Well, Matt, I, first of all, first question, anything, what are you doing to get through the quarantine? Anything interesting you're watching on TV, any uh, new books, any, anything, anything like that? So, so ironically, quarantine happened during one of my busiest times of the year which is magazine prep. And uh, my role uh, in the summer edition of Dave Campbell's Texas Football, which you can get at stores or become a Dave Campbell's Texas Football Insider. Well, little cheap plug there. No, uh, plug the whole are. thing, man. Uh, yeah, it's uh, yeah, texasfootball.com uh, slash insider. Yes, yes. Uh, if you become an insider, we'll mail you the magazine to your house uh, directly to you. You won't have to go to stores and get it, and you'll get it before it hits newsstands. So, uh, you know. Uh, I know you're an insider. I know you like you always brag when you get your magazine early and kind of kind of Twitter brag a little bit. So I'm here for it. Um, but as far as the magazine goes, my role in, in prepping the magazine is uh, the high school capsules. Um, so I am responsible for all of the Dallas area capsules, the Houston area capsules, 
the Rio Grande Valley and El Paso. So I've got quite a bit on my plate. Um, and so the, the, the capsules come in kind of in fits and starts um, and, and from the coaches. And so uh, that's kept me pretty busy during the quarantine, uh, to be perfectly honest. Now, the, the big question is going to be, you know, we're wrapping it up. Um, we're wrapping up the high school portion of the magazine. We'll probably be done with the high school portion of the magazine uh, on May 1st. Uh, which is usually about two weeks earlier than usual. So we're actually ahead of schedule um, on the high school part of the magazine. Um, once that ends, I'm not sure what I'll be doing. But like in the evening when I get away from the computer, um, you know, I'm a history dork. So I watch a lot of history documentaries. Um, I, uh, I worked through uh, Queen of the South on Netflix. I watched that. Um, Narcos Mexico season two, I watched that when it was uh, – on you know first got on Netflix right at the beginning of the quarantine watch that um, and then I'm also engaging in uh, Dave Campbell's Texas football quarantine theater so Tepper every day on Twitter posts uh, an old high school football game a classic high school football game to watch and so a lot of evenings I'll just pick one of the games that he he recommended and I'll I'll watch that for the for the you know I mean I got to, I got to watch Earl Campbell play against Connor Ohio in 1973, <laughs> I believe. Um, that was pretty cool to watch Earl Campbell in high school. Uh, newsflash, he was really good. So yeah. um, that's kind of what I've been doing. And, and, I mean, I'll watch a random sporting event, old sporting event on YouTube. I'm a big Cowboys fan. I'll watch an old Cowboys game or um, watch an old college football game. If I can, I watch the TCU Wisconsin Rose Bowl, you know, just stuff like that. Just Whenever I get a chance, I'll watch a random game. I watched when Texas and USC, the Vince Young game. I watched that the other day. So just want, you know, random games that pop in my head. Yeah, absolutely. I'm glad, you know, we had the draft, obviously, to distract us a little bit. I do want to go back a little bit. I want to do the plug right. So texasfootball.com slash insider. I do brag when I get mine. And the other day I got an email saying, hey, you are renewed. You will get your magazine in the mail, all those things very good and in these uncertain times what better way to ensure you're going to get a magazine than to be a subscriber um so i would say uh if anybody out there i agree i agree if anybody out there is has questions about it it's totally worth it um and you get you get a lot of great things like tep and step uh the the texas football if you're if you're super into texas high school football uh, there's no better podcast out there, which uh, which Matt hosts here. So um, let's talk Thank about yeah. let's, let's talk about how you got here because I think you and I yeah, okay. have a similar type of path to. We just really like foot. We really liked high school football, and we probably mm-hmm. did it, and we both did it for free for a while because we just enjoyed it so much. So just kind of tell me when you you know how you, how you kind of broke into the business, what you wanted to do with it. And, um, you know, now that you're kind of at the pinnacle of, of, I mean, you're at the best, the best place for, for just purely high school football reporting. Um, you know, what, what are you looking at from, to go from here? So, you know, I, my, my, my journey is unconventional for sure. Um, I don't have a journalism background, uh, at all. I went to college to be a coach actually. That's what I wanted to do with myself. I, I have a degree in kinesiology, with a double minor in history and English. And I work in the finance industry. Go figure, I have a day job in the finance industry. So nothing to do with my degree whatsoever. Um, but I am doing my student teaching. Um, I realized that just being in a classroom just wasn't for me. It just wasn't something I enjoyed doing. And if you're gonna be a coach in Texas uh, at a public school, you have to be a teacher. You're a teacher first. And that, that is definitely how it is, especially if you're a young coach. You know. Maybe if you're a little older and have a little more skins in the wall, you can work your way into a, a pretty sweet PE gig. 
um, at some point and then maybe become a head coach and be an administrator. But, you know, at, at first you're going to be in the classroom. And, you know, I had a bunch of, bunch of my mentors told me if you didn't enjoy being, being in the classroom, it probably wasn't something that you uh, really should be into because you're not going to get make a lot of money doing it. It's not something you're going to get rich doing it. So do something that you really enjoy doing. Um, so I decided to, to get into the finance industry. A, a girl that I was dating at the time just stuck my resume up on like monster.com back in like 2003. And uh, this big bank called me and brought me in as an entry level position. So that was a little weird. But um, during that time getting started at the bank, I uh, was posting on a lot of message boards. So, you know, message boards were the thing, right? I mean, and there was no Twitter, there was no Facebook, there was no, I don't even think MySpace was around back then. I mean, it was message boards. And I started posting on message boards and, and I guess a lot of my analysis and, and predictions kind of seemed to be somewhat true and people thought I knew what I was talking about. And so a gentleman by the name of Alan Zapata, who ran a website called Texas Prep Extra, which at that time was part of rivals.com uh, said, Hey, you know, you, you write a lot of good stuff. You're, you, you, you know, you seem like you know what you're talking about. You want to be an intern for us. And I was like, well, what does that entail? And he's like, well, you can talk about high school football. We get you a media credential and you get to go to high school football games and sit in the press box. And I was like for free. And he was like, yeah, you get to go to the games for free. And I was like, sweet, I'm sold, you know, and I can get dinner for free sometimes. I was <laughs> just barely out of college and getting started with my life. Um, so I started going to games. I was working with uh, with Matt Diggs, um, and we kind of covered the BFW area, and uh, you know, just kind of slowly grew from there. You know, I, I started going to a lot of games, and, and we, we switched over to uh, Scout.com, uh, the different different website name, but still kind of the same format. Um, and then uh, I left Scout and went back to Rivals and worked for the old coach. And working for the old coaches where I think I really started to get a connection with the coaches and coaches um, started to really trust me, I guess, a little bit um, and kind of to where I was a guy who, who could break the news, I guess, in a, in a way that um, they appreciated um, where, where I could break the news first, but I still kind of respected the, the challenges that they had and kind of the sensitivities that they had when you're dealing with high school kids. Um, and so that's kind of where I first really started to become a guy who, who started breaking a lot of high school football stories. And actually going out to seven on sevens really helped me because you know as well as I know, coaches are weird people and, and they're not the most trusting people at first. But if they can meet you, shake your hand, put a name to a face, they start to trust you a little bit more. So I started to meet a lot of coaches at seven on sevens and started to become more than just a guy on the internet or a guy who emailed them for stuff. Um, I was a person. Um, and so that's when I started to really kind of get those those connections that you need to to break the stories. And it kind of just slowly, slowly grew from there. And then um, in August of 2016, uh, uh, Max Thompson, R.I.P. Pucci and uh, Tepper made me an offer to come work uh, for Dave Campbell's Texas football. And I immediately accepted it was a, a dream come true to work uh, for a brand and a magazine that I love so much. And, and it's an honor. And, and I'm really, really fortunate um, to be where I am from just a guy with no journalism background to being a guy that, um, you know, people actually want to listen to and hear what I had to say. It's, 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 it's humbling and it's an honor, but I'm, I'm really grateful. It's kind of weird. It, it, uh, you know, our stories are, are pretty similar. And I mean, I knew, you know, you were, I think one of the first guys who, when I got into the press box and didn't know anybody who was like one of the friendliest to me. And, um, you know, I can't thank you enough for that. Cause it's like, you, you know how it is. If you're, if step gives you the seal of approval in a press box, <laughs> everybody else kind of does as well. Um, but 
you know, I think you, you obviously you, you break majority of the news in state. Um, you know, how, how often now, how many, how much is it where you see like, here's an opening and you call somebody and how often is it you're getting a call from somebody tipping you off before you even start really digging into it? You know, I'd say it's probably 50, 50 almost. I, if it's not, a, if it's not a phone call to text message or a random DM that I, that I'll get, you know, it's, it's probably about 50, 50. I still have to dig on about 50% of them for sure. Um, but, but a lot of them guys will, will, will give me the info uh, ahead of time and, and, you know, they're like, Hey, don't tell me what I told you, but this is what's happening. And then I verify it and it's, it's happening. So, um, I'm, you know, I'm all, I always appreciate, you know, you, as a good journalist, you know, you always appreciate your sources and, uh, give them, give them a little love uh, privately, you know, cause you can't, can't reveal them publicly, but you always uh, appreciate the heads up. And, and I still, I still go old school. If a source tells me something, I usually verify it. Even if they're my most trusted source, I try to get at least one verification in there if I can, uh, if not two. Uh, but, you know, it, it's about 50-50, I'd say, right now. Where, where I still got to dig a little bit, and that's okay. I kind of still like to have that my, my – got to keep that knife sharp and that, that iron hot just in case you ever have to dig. So I always, always try to make sure I still know, how, know what I'm doing and know the right people to call. What do you, what would you say is either the biggest or your favorite story you've ever broken? <sighs> That's a good one. I, I've I got guess, one that comes to mind, and I'm interested. The, it's the if there's it's, two. Okay, there's two in the Metroplex. You know, because I mean, I'm based in I'm based in Fort Worth. You're, you know, we're Fort Worth guys. We stand for the eight one seven. Dallas is okay, but Fort Worth is much better. We're like five miles apart from each other, too. I know, I know. And, uh, <laughs> but we're quarantined. We can't hang out. I mean, we're, we're right. quarantined right now. We're safer at home. Um, but uh, I'd say the two biggest ones that I, that I broke probably uh, – the first one was when Tom Westerberg left Allen and went to Barber's Hill. I remember where I was uh, on that. When I was on my lunch break at my day job, I was making a Sonic run and coming back from Sonic, and I was at a red light. I tweeted it out at a red light right there in North Fort Worth, in Fossil Creek area. Uh, Tom Westerberg leaving Allen, because that was just a, a bombshell that no one expected. Like, Tom Westerberg's one going where? To Barber's Hill? After winning three straight state titles at, at Allen, you know, it was like, this Barber's Hill? So that was a little weird. And then the other one was when, it actually didn't happen, but it was, it was the, the original Todd Peterman and Brolio at DeSoto when uh, the school board tried to oust him the first time and didn't get it done. Um, and that was actually pretty a proactive thing on one of the coaches parts who called me ahead of time and said it was going down. And then yeah. I called and verified it and it, it, uh, it was actually happening. And so that, that was the other big one was the, the, the Todd Peterman one. That's the one that sticks out to me. And I think that's very much an instance where I know you don't try to influence the news, but that's very much an instance to where I don't think like if you hadn't reported it, they would have just acted swiftly under under wraps and and probably removed him at that point yeah absolutely i, I definitely think uh that that me putting that out there ahead of time kind of because I me mean, i remember DeSoto was coming off a state championship they were 16 and 0 and uh they were trying to get rid of their head coach and i just couldn't sit on that story i definitely didn't want to influence anyone but it was like that's too big of a story i had to i had to put that out there and if people wanted to show up to the school board meeting, well, that's that's their right. It's a public meeting, so it's it's a it's a matter of public record. So, you know, if they wanted to show up, they could show up, and, and enough people did. Uh, where Peterman, I mean, you know, it, it only delayed the inevitable because he was gone the next year, but but it did um, 
you know, at that time, because Peterman, you know, DeSoto had a good year the next year. I think it, despite the cloud of uncertainty, they still went 10 and two that next year. So um, those are the, the two biggest ones, but there's, there's been a few big ones in Houston, I know, and, and in San Antonio. And I think uh, the biggest one is I think last year when Sean McAuliffe left Judson to go to Cy Ranch, I broke that one. Yeah. And that was a, that was a pretty big one too. So there's, there's always, but the, the, the thing that I try to do also is I try to treat all the jobs equally. So I'll, I'll tweet out the random, you know, when miles needs a new head coach, which they do, you know, I'm tweeting out about miles, you know, and, and those kind of things. So I try to tweet out about any public high school job in the 11 man ranks that comes, comes to my attention. Your guy, Greg Tepper was a guest on this show just a few weeks ago and it was the week that you that the story of Rodney Webb broke, uh, Rodney Webb going to Geyer and, and leaving Rockwall. Um, and he did make a comment on how at one point you co-broke the Rodney Webb story and then later in the day you broke like some six-man or one-A coaching job yeah. story. Uh-huh. And he said, that's the so full that's, spectrum for Steph. So that's the, the funny thing, you know, is the, so right at the end of February, before – I'll tell you this story. We're, we're, in the, we're in the podcast and we're amongst friends here. Um, before I went on my vacation to Jamaica, which I, which I know you're a, you know, you're a Jamaica guy as well. Me and Mike are big Jamaica guys as well. Um, big backwards hat like, guys. Like we're, yeah. we're pretty similar guys in general. We are, we are, you know, <laughs> we like food, we like to eat. Um, and so right at the end of February, about a week, I, I went to Jamaica on February 29th and about a week before I'm, I'm on my lunch break and I get a call from another DFW area head coach who, who will shall remain nameless. And he's like, hey, man, he's like, John Walsh is going to be out at Denton Geyer. And I'm like, what? I'm like, this guy just played for a state championship. He's like, it's like I'm telling you, Walsh is going to be out at Denton Geyer. He's like, he's like watch, it's going to happen. He goes, and they're going to hire Rodney Webb from Rockwall. Like, it's already done deal. And so I'm like, all right. He's like, it's going to happen right before spring break. <clears throat> well, I come back from Jamaica and – Right before, I think right around that time when I got back, first week of March is kind of when Walsh left, and then all the dominoes started falling. So it was like, okay, I guess this guy's right. So um, that was one. The, the Walsh thing, you know, you can read into it what you want on the Walsh thing, but I mean, you look at his the letter that he his resignation letter that he wrote. I mean, there were some things there between him and the, in the administration that just that relationship was untenable. Um, and you look at Rodney Webb and, and the, the connections that, that he has with Joey Florence. Um, you know, Joey Florence's dad, his name is on the indoor facility at Rockwall High. I mean, they have, they have a lot. You know, Joey Florence, he's got his, got, got his start not far from Rockwall at Cooper High School in Northeast Texas. So there's a lot, there was a lot of connections there, and it just made sense uh, to make that hire for, for Rodney Webb to go to, to Rockwall to Guyer. And I think Rodney Webb, at that point in his career, I think he's at the point of his career where he – he, want, he wants to take a shot at a state title. You know, he hasn't had that state title. I don't think he felt like at Rockwall you, you're going to ever be good enough to win a state title. Where I think a guy, or especially being in 6A Division two, I think he got a shot to go all the way and win it all. Yeah, I'll actually confirm. So, as, as, we, as everybody who follows high school football or recruiting knows, Rodney Webb had a pretty special receiver at Rockwall this year, Jackson Smith Jigba, who I've known for – He was decent. Since he was a sophomore, I ran into it. So I'm down in San Antonio covering the All-American Bowl, which Jackson played in. And I run into Rodney and their uh, their receiver coach, who is now the new offensive coordinator at Geyer. Um, they're down at the banquet to support Jackson. And I'm talking, just small talking with him in the lobby. And I, I say something to Rodney, and he said, at the time, it said something that didn't really catch me, but 
you know, when it came time for when the rumors started coming out that it was going to be him, it made sense to me. It clicked. And he said, I just don't know if we've gone like as far as we can at Rockwall. He said, because, you know, our school's pretty landlocked as far as growth. And, you know, we got to deal with the Allens and, and, and schools like that, 6,000 kids. And he goes, I just don't know how much growth we're going to be able to have in our student body. And that part always kind of stuck out to me. And so when somebody said it's, it's going to be web, I thought, well, yeah, that makes sense based on, on what he, he said to me during that meeting. Um, so it was interesting. It was, it was a big story. Obviously it's been a huge story. I I'm going to ask you this and then we're going to get on to some fun stuff. My question is, I don't know what you know as far as this, or if you know anything, but do you know anything about if we're going to be playing football on time in the fall? So, no, I do not know anything. I wish I did. Um, and I'm definitely not an epidemiologist or anybody who's really smart as far as science goes and those kinds of things. Um, but if you ask me what my opinion was, I think football in the fall. I, I, I definitely think there's going to be some way the UIL finds a way to, uh, to play high school football. I'm hopeful we're going to start on time. I, I think we are. I think we're going to start practice on August 3rd. Um, I'm interested to see if we're going to have actual fans in the stands and those kinds of things. I'm really hopeful that we do. Um, but I, you know, I think we will have high school football. I think we will play a season. I'm just hoping it's not truncated um, or altered in any way. Um, I think high school football in Texas is going to be a little bit different than like college football. I mean, I think that's a whole different ball game just with the travel and the size of the crowds and those kinds of things. I think high school football, especially in Texas, is going to be a little bit different. And I think if if things are trending in the right direction, I, I think the the that we'll you know we'll have high school football. So um, that's what my hope is. If you, uh, and I think we will, but I mean, I, I don't have any inside info as far as knowing for sure. But I'm, I'm definitely hopeful and optimistic. Yeah, and it is the UIL's 100th year, isn't it? So they're very interested it is, it is. In, in celebrating this, aren't they? Absolutely, and and they want to try to try to have everything. But I mean, you know, they're not going to jeopardize. They've already proven right. they're not going to jeopardize the safety uh, of of the students or the the population. So I think they're going to rely on on advice from the governor and you know from medical experts and that kind of thing. But I mean, we're sitting here like for 27th and, you know, Friday, we're going to have some restaurants open and those kind of things. So I'm hoping that we're on the right track um, and I'm hoping that that things continue to progress in the right way so that, you know, hopefully, you know, number one, the coaches in the summer will have time to work with the kids and, and kind of get them you know, back in strength and conditioning and kind of and kind of work with them there because a lot of that off season and seven on seven time has been missed. Well, let's go. That's a great transition point because you said restaurants. So let's talk about food. Um, you've All been right. doing takeout Friday uh, during the yeah. quarantine, trying to support local restaurants. Uh, what's the best one? What's the best meal you've had on a takeout Friday? Oh, uh, probably uh, Charlie's hamburgers in Fort Worth is really good. Their onion uh, rings are unbelievable. I got to try that. It's off I-20 and Granbury Road in South Fort Worth, not far from TCU area. Um, but if you go I-20 to Granbury Road, head north on Granbury Road, it's like a quarter of a mile off I-20. Really good. Their onion rings are, are fantastic. Um, but overall, probably so far, I'd say uh, it's behind barbecue. It's, it's unbelievable. But I'll give a shout out to my place in Everman. Uh, tacos oasis um, their street tacos are, are fantastic so had some good quarantine uh, takeout friday meals for sure and I'm, I'm looking forward to trying out a new place this friday uh, i think i'm gonna go to slice city pizza in fort worth off i-30 in hewlin 
Uh, I've had some buddies tell me we've got pretty good pizza, so I'm gonna get a I'm gonna get a pizza from Slice City on Friday. That's not bad. I've got I think I've told you about it before. I've got some friends that that have a barbecue place in Arlington, Hurtado's Barbecue. That's something definitely slide by and try that out if you get time. I need to go there. So that place is not far from my day job. And when they open, is there a brick and mortar? I know, I know they yeah. got a food truck. Is there a brick and mortar open now? Yep. Yeah, okay. it is. See, I've been, I wanted to go to the brick and mortar on my lunch break one day when I was working at the office, but I may have to make a special trip out to Arlington to check it out because I've heard good things. Yeah, one of my lifelong buddies is the pit master there, so uh, I've been out a couple oh. times. Uh, if I mention your name, do I get a hookup or what? I, I don't know because he's not high enough up that he just mans the pit. Um, I don't okay. think I don't know that you do, but um, I try to usually do that with you. Mention your name and see where it gets me. Uh, <laughs> I think I talked to you Saturday. You called me or Sunday, and you were headed to Heim for breakfast tacos. I think. Yes. So um, I did. Go, I went to Heim on Saturday for breakfast tacos. My wife is this weekend did like a, she wanted to cleanse or do like a, like a fasting and like kind of reset her body. Cause takeout, takeout Friday has turned into takeout couple of days a week for us. And then, oh, okay, we, okay. you know, we eat like crap and then we, we sit at home and we kind of feel like crap. So she's been trying to eat healthy and cleanse her body, but I was going to go to Heim for breakfast tacos this weekend. And I was like, I can't do it to her and come home and eat breakfast tacos in front yeah. of her. So I think I'm going to go this weekend, but how were they? They were great. They were really, really good. Those, those, those tortillas that he soaks in the brisket fat. It's like crack, man. I don't know. I don't know what he does to them, but they're, they're really good. They're, they're excellent. This, uh, this, this podcast is starting to get very local and very Fort Worth. So I'm going to try to broaden it to the state of Texas a little bit. If you had to pick and, and you don't necessarily have to do one, you can do a couple different um, ones if you, if you don't want to pick, cause I know they're like your favorite child. But a Friday night in Texas, give me a stadium, give me preferably like a matchup, like maybe a rivalry or something, and give me the restaurant in town uh, that you go to to eat. Wow, that's really good. Um, can I give you two? Yeah, you can give me as many as you want. Like I said, they're, I know they're like your kids. You can't pick, are, you know, you can't are. pick one. Let me go two. Wait, well, how about this? I'll go uh, – I'm a- – I'm definitely a Rio Grande Valley stand, and uh, sorry, I lost you there. No, no problem. I was gonna say, how about this? If you want, you could maybe give us one in each region. Oh wow! <laughs> so in the Rio Grande Valley, you got to go uh, Harlingen, San Benito, the Battle of the Arroyo at uh, Bogus State in Harlingen. Uh, the restaurant for me in Harlingen is called um, it's called El Rancho. It's like a 24-hour kind of IHOPy type place, but like with really authentic Mexican food that's crazy cheap right across the street from the stadium. That's probably my probably my jam there. Uh, in Houston, um, I've actually never been to this stadium, but I, I want to go really bad. I want to see Pearland and Pearland Dawson at the rig. I've heard okay. their, their press box spread in Pearland is legendary, but I'm debating, should I go and get the press box spread in Pearland, which I've heard is great, or should I go to Killen's Barbecue in Pearland before the game? So it's a little – I've never been to the rig, and I think that's a, that's a bucket list stadium for me that, that I want to check out. Uh, in Austin, got to go probably uh, – you know, I'd, I'd probably say Lake Travis and Westlake. It's such a big rivalry game. Um, and you can just pick your restaurant in Austin. Like my, my, you know, if I'm going barbecue, it's going to be Franklin's. But I, I do like one in a million for breakfast, so I might get into town early and do do a little one 
in a million. Uh, San Antonio, Brandeis, and O'Connor. That's a crazy rivalry game. Uh, just a huge, huge rivalry. There'll be there's always thirteen thousand people at that game. And my favorite spot in San Antonio, probably big. I love Big Lou's Pizza. I get the big. I, I've never eaten the giant forty-two inch pizza. Are you there? Can you hear me? Yeah, I got you. Okay, we're back. Um, all right. So sorry, guys. We had a little technical issue. We'll probably edit around this, but. Uh, you said Big Lou's Pizza uh, was was the last thing I heard you say for Brandeis and O'Connor. Yeah, and then uh, San Angelo, let's go San Angelo. Uh, if you go to West Texas, San Angelo Stadium, San Angelo Central, and Odessa Permian, uh, my favorite spot. San Angelo is an underrated food town, by the way. If you've ever been through San Angelo, they got some great food. Uh, my spot in San Angelo is Franco's. That's some excellent. Get the quesadillas. They're the best quesadillas I've ever had. And then I, I got to give a shout out to El Paso. Um, Del Valle High School probably out there. Um, their stadium, that's the best press box spread I've had anywhere, bar none. Their home ec department, they go all out. Like, I left there feeling like I had to tip um, because they were the home ec department, like, serves you, like, waitress, waiter style. They cook a huge spread with just all the food you can eat, homemade desserts. It's, a, it's incredible. Um, Del Valle usually is a good team. One of their big rivals um, is uh, Eastwood High School. So, That'd be a fun game to go to. El Paso's a fun city to go visit, too. So those are probably my top ones. But I've got every part of the state. I've, I've been really fortunate to travel all around, and I've been to every corner of our state, um, which has made me appreciate our state even more and the, kind of the love that I have for the state in general. Um, but I, I, I've pretty much got a good place to eat in nearly every, every, pretty much every corner of the state now. Yeah, you told me about that El Paso uh, one last year, and I was all set yeah. to go until they canceled the game that I was going to go to. So maybe That's this right. year, maybe this year. Well, hey, I heard the Longhorns are sniffing around the Sun City offering a couple of kids, so you guess you're going to go check them out. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Okay, last thing, um, what we've been talking about with guys on this show, especially guys, you know, <clears throat> the Greg Powers of the world, the, the Greg Teppers of the world, who are some of the – I, I want to do both because I've kind of done both categories. Who are some of the best players you've ever seen? Just, you know, I, I was talking the, the other day about watching the draft. I love watching the draft, and, and you probably get the same thing too. Um, like I remember Jeff Okuda as a sophomore at South Grand Prairie and looking at him and going, oh, my God, that kid's going to be in the NFL one day. Like you could just see it right off the bat. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Who, who was like that for you? Who are some of the guys you've seen or covered in your time that, that just automatically jumped out? Um, recently I'd say, um, you know, Jamal Adams for sure. Uh, I knew he, I, I, I was like, that guy's going to be in the NFL. I could just tell he was going to be in the, in the league. Um, he's one, um, probably the first one was Matt Stafford from Highland Park. I remember watching him in the, uh, state semifinals against Stephenville in that, in that famous game at Fouts Field. He was probably like I was real young in my career, but he was the first one where I was like, "That guy is gonna be, he's gonna be in, in the league for sure." Um, he was another one. I mean, Des Bryant. I remember watching Des Bryant in seven on seven, and just watching him make a couple of ridiculous passes, and just being amazed at at, at that level of athleticism and the things that he did. Um, you know, one that I didn't catch on to right away was Pat Mahomes. I, I just maybe I just thought he was a system quarterback. And there were some people who did, and I was definitely – I mean, I knew he was really good, but I was like, oh, I just didn't know if it was going to translate. Um, so, I was – but recently I'd say it was Jamal Adams was the one that was – I was surefire. I was like, that guy, he's going to be in the league. But, but Kalevin Chason at North Shore recently, I mean, he was first-round pick this year. I remember watching him in the state championship game just completely dominate Austin West. Like, he was a, he was a dude. 
Um, this is you got to go pretty chalky there with with known guys. I'm gonna let you get really hipstery with this one. Oh gosh. Um, what are some of the, like I don't know. Again, they're like your kids. You can't pick just one. What are some of the best your best or favorite games you've ever seen? Memorable. Um. So there's there's a bunch, and I, I I every I think I feel like every year I post my you know top post my top ten games, and I think a couple of years ago I did my my all time top fifteen. Um, so Duncanville North Shore for two two years ago, I, I just don't know if we'll ever see anything quite like that again as long as I'm alive. Um, that was just such a special Duncanville North Shore to me two years ago when they played in twenty in twenty eighteen was it twenty eighteen yeah twenty eighteen yeah. game. Uh, the first time he played, that that game encapsulated everything big about Texas high school football. Big crowd, two mega high schools, one from Dallas, one from Houston. And I remember walking on the field before the game with, uh, I think it was me and Tepper-ish. And I think Gabe Brooks was with us because he was down there celebrating with, not celebrate with, but he was down there around Longview uh, after winning the, the game before. And I remember walking on the field and just seeing the size of North Shore and Duncanville that year, it looked like a college football game. And it had a college football feel to it because there were so many players with Division One offers. I forgot how many it was in that 2018 game, but I bet it's upwards of 30 guys that had D1 offers and probably just as many, maybe not quite as many, but, you know, over 20 that played Division, are going to play Division One football if they're not already playing. Um, and then the, the Hail Mary, it was a great game. And then you, th- you throw in the Hail Mary to end it, and it was just, wow. Um, an underrated game for me is 2002 Judson and Midland. Uh, so I'm from Everman. Everman played after that game when we got there early to watch Judson and Midland play. In Midland, it was their first time in the playoffs like in 50 years, and they went all the way to the state championship, and they scored a touchdown with 30 seconds left to go up by five on Judson. And Judson was kind of a running, run-oriented team. And for some reason, Midland didn't play their safeties deep, and Judson had this fast receiver and just – got behind the, the defense for an 80-yard touchdown with, like, 15 seconds left to win the game. Um, if you, you want to YouTube that, Judson Midland 2002. Listen to Craig Way's call of that, of that final <laughs> play. It's pretty amazing. Um, that, was, that was an awesome game. Um, the, the famous South Lake Carroll Trinity game in the playoffs where Trinity tried the fake punt, there were 60,000 people in the stadium for that game. I don't care what anyone says. I believe that was 2006 or 2007 when Trinity and Carroll played, and it was – it was 05, but it was a while back. But it was there was it was at tech, old Texas Stadium, and there were 60,000 people in the stadium for that game. I, I don't care what anyone says. That was I was there. That was another. Yeah. That was another I mean, you, you probably say right, there were 60,000 people yeah. at the end of that game. Um, so those are just a few that I mean, I've, I've seen. I've been really fortunate during, during the playoffs to see a ton of really really good games, and it's it's always a pleasure when you get to watch them, and you just you feel like you've seen something special every time. What was the one you saw this year? Um... It was down – you saw it down in San Antonio. I can't remember the two teams. It was a classic. Um, you told oh, me you gosh. were at the Alamo Bowl and then you ran over to Judson to see this game. Now, now, now I've got to check my uh, past games and see. Because Tepper brought this up when we did it, and it was it was like the, the classic – like I, one team came back at the end – um, like by down two or three scores. It was – I was following it on Twitter, and it was small school ball. Um, I was following it on Twitter, though, and, and it was incredible just to kind of follow. Okay, um, so, yeah, we've had a couple technical difficulties. We dropped off the Zoom a couple times, so it might sound a bit choppy. That's okay. We're going to edit around it. Uh, 
Matt, I want to thank you for joining me tonight. Um, it, it's been fun, man. Uh, I love uh, texting with you or giving you a call and just catching up with you every once in a while. Uh, miss seeing you out at these events, man. And, and here's hoping, you know, we'll, we'll be able to cross paths at coaching school and then on onto the fall and, and uh, hang out in the box. So uh, the Zoom's been a little choppy tonight. We've been uh, a little in and out. So we're going to wrap this up. Uh, Matt, thanks for coming on and, and talking a little football. Uh, miss seeing you, miss talking to you, man. Um, and hopefully, you know, we'll see each other this summer at coaching school and then on to the fall. Thanks, Mike. Appreciate you having me on. Uh, enjoy listening every week and keep doing what you're doing. I appreciate it. Thank you for listening to another episode of the State of Recruiting's Open Mic. As a reminder, you can find the show on any major podcast platform. Apple iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, or anywhere else you can get your podcasts. We would also like to ask that you go to any of those podcast platforms and subscribe, rate, and review our podcast. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. Challenge Podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast wherever you get your podcasts.